Welcome to the JDS Podcast, a place to discuss happenings and exciting topics in our school community. Welcome everyone to the uh, first CES JDS podcast of the year. And I'm really excited for the year of podcasts, but also this first podcast. Today we're gonna be discussing what to look for in your child's first school experience. And I'm very fortunate today to be joined by some wonderful school professionals. So I'm gonna ask them to introduce themselves briefly and, and then we'll get the discussion started. So I'm Rabbi Matthew Ballas, and I'm the Lowell School Principal, and I'm grateful to be starting my 10th year um, in this position at JDS. My name is Dr. Kim Shirk. I am the Language Arts and Social Studies Coordinator for the Lower School, as well as the DEIJ Coordinator for the Lower School. This is my 13th year here at JDS. And I'm Jenny Ritberg, and I'm the Lower School Math Coordinator and the Lower School Scheduling Coordinator, and this is my 7th year here at JDS. Wonderful. Thank you all for being here. I'm really excited about our our conversation today as we think a a lot about how we try to structure the entry into the K-12 experience and as well thinking a little bit about how we want to partner with families in this journey and then some ideas for parents to consider in terms of their children. So I'm going to start a little bit, Matthew, with asking you a question. I wanted to ask a little bit about philosophically how we view Gurim and kindergarten, which are the entry grades in our lower school, how we think of those grades overall, and and what makes them unique at at JDS. So Gurim and kindergarten fit into the larger philosophical approach um, of the school, particularly lower school. Um, At the lower school, uh, we're focused on whole child education, meaning that we focus equally on academics, social, emotional, spiritual, and physical development of our kids. We're also values-based values and raising up in partnership with our families, children who will grow into uh, young adults who are guided by values and their decision-making so they can be just Menches and really good people, good citizens in the world is also an important element. And being child-centered is really like the third important, I would say, leg of the stool um, of our philosophical approach to education, where every single child is critically important to us. We get to know each and every child well, how they thrive, where they need a push in order to be able to grow. So Gurim and Kindergarten fit very much into that overall approach. I mean, what's unique to Gurim and Kindergarten are a few things. In particular, what we like to say is to play to learn and learn to play. We like to integrate play and activity very much into our early childhood program so that kids really fall in love with learning. Joy is a really important element of the culture of the lower school. So kids really learning how to love, loving coming to school and really enjoying their learning is so important to us. So. Uh, playing to learn, but also learning to play on the social-emotional side. Learning how to interact with their friends and how to share and how to navigate uh, conflicts or disagreements is also really important, so that learning to play and playing to learn are really important. Right. And Ahavat Torah, which we define really as love of learning, not just of Jewish learning, but all learning is one of our, our school's core values. Kim and Jenny, is there anything else that you might want to add? I want to just jump on to that love of learning. Like I think our biggest job in the early grades is to invest kids in joyful learning so that coming to school is fun every day for them. 
Yeah, and now elementary school we get to build a foundation for students to grow into their next phases of education and Gareem in kindergarten is the base of that and so that's where we start developing the the joy of coming to school and kids that's the biggest question that we want to know is that our kids happy to wake up in the morning and come to school each day because then they will hopefully carry that with them through their future. Yeah, and, and I think it's working really well. I was speaking to a parent the other day, a new parent to the school, and just telling me how excited her daughter was to come to school and that she didn't even realize all the learning that she was doing. And, and we hear that often in school that in, in Gurim, and we should share for our listeners, that's our, our pre-kindergarten class. And in kindergarten, a lot of time the students will come home and they'll be sharing a lot of wisdom, knowledge, things that they've learned in school, but they, they don't associate it with the hard work of learning, right? It's just that they're so excited to be doing that. So I want to move on a little bit, and I'm going to open this up to all of us, is I, I wanted to ask uh, uh, the group, what questions should parents ask about a first school experience as, as parents start to evaluate their decisions about where they want to send their kids to school? That's one of the most important decisions that a parent will make. And so I wanted to ask a little bit about what questions parents should be asking, what questions do you think are important for families to ask when they look at a school experience for the first time? I'll jump in here. I think one of the most important questions is how are you going to understand my child as an individual, as a learner with their own personality, and how are you going to help that child fit into the bigger classroom and be part of a community and part of a school? Just to add on to that, I think a great question is to ask, like, what accommodations will be put into place to meet my specific child's needs? And then what things won't be modified for my specific child? What are things that are non-flexible, non-negotiable? Um, because that can speak really clearly to what the priorities of the school are. For me, um, especially in the current educational environment where we're living, where there's such um, a tremendous teacher shortage across the field is to know uh, what are the qualifications of the teachers? What are their backgrounds? What are their experiences? Are the, the, the teachers in the classroom who are welcoming our children to school each day and facilitating their learning, um, what is their background? Are they really experts in the field, particularly in early childhood? But you'd want to know that um, across the board for a faculty in the entire school. And, and I might add for families looking at schools to think about what are the exit goals that the, the school has for my child? How does it articulate those? We at JDS have a portrait of a CES JDS graduate, which is really important because it really spells out what are the, the habits, the skills, the dispositions of learning that we want to foster in our students. And it doesn't only happen in kindergarten or in Gurim, but when you're looking at a school, I think you want to know what are the long-term goals that the, the school has. I do want to go, uh, Jenny, just a, a little bit into what you had shared about what are the things that can be modified or accommodations and what are the things that apply to all the students. And I know you have some thoughts about that, so I'd love to ask a little bit more about that. Yeah, so here at JDS, we are super open to partnering with families and meeting the needs of kids. and who come in and at a variety of different places. We want everyone to feel comfortable and everyone to feel welcome, but we also want everyone to meet certain benchmarks and goals. And so being part of a community means that kids have to exhibit certain levels of independence. So 
teachers, I, I mean, in some very sort of simple, simple examples, like teachers aren't going to tie shoes for kids, but we want kids to know how to tie their shoes. Teachers aren't going to be able to cut open every package of snacks for children, but we know kids can do that themselves. So we support students in reaching those goals and support families in, in reaching those goals. We also like expect every member of our community to take responsibility for their actions. So being able to clean up after themselves or say they're sorry or engage in a conversation when there's a disagreement is something that we really focus on. Curricularly, we have similar parallels. We will meet the kids' needs wherever they are and modify the curriculum where we need to, or we will modify the instruction to support students to reaching the curricular goals um, no matter what skills they're coming in with. The, the, and, and I think we, we talk a lot about that. Um, you know, sometimes school is a structured environment and it's a learning environment and you're learning within a community and we want everyone to be a contributing member of that community. And at the same time, we're looking at the individuals who make up that community. I want to shift a, a little bit when we think about what parents bring to the first experience and what would we want them to come to the school with in terms of them thinking about their role in, in this? I'm happy to start on that one. So one of the core values of our school is Kehila, which is community, and we pride ourselves on here at JDS on being a really warm, um, welcoming, and open community. And whatever school um, a family is looking at, we would hope that parents, guardians, and extended family members even would want to take a really active role in the life of the school. When families choose a school, uh, they're not just choosing an academic experience for their children, but they're choosing a community that they're going to join. And the relationships that parents make with one another, in addition to the relationships that the children make with one another, really have the opportunity to last a lifetime. And we here at JDS, we hear stories from our alumni all the time that the lifelong friends that they made were the kids that they met um, in their early years um, or their entry years at JDS. And parents say very much the same things, that the friends that they made while their children were at school are the social connections that they've maintained you know, throughout their adult lives. I think in addition to that, we're looking for real partners in a child's education. Trust between teachers and parents and parents and administrators, families and administrators and teachers to make sure that everyone knows we have the best interest of a child like forefront in what we're doing. That there's a meme that goes around to the beginning of every school year that like, I will believe 50% of what you your child tells me if you reciprocate that for me. Knowing that like children have imaginations and are storytellers and the first story a child comes home with may not be the most accurate representation of what happened at school. So really trusting us to have your child's best interest and partner with us in conversations and emails to make sure that the needs of your child and the rest of the children in the class are being met on a daily basis. I just agree with both of those two things. Open communication, be a member of the classroom. We teachers spend as many hours, if not more hours each day over the course of a week with the kids as you know, the parents and the family at home. So just knowing that we're all on the same page in terms of wanting the kids to grow into the best versions of themselves. And that kids also sometimes are behave differently 
when they're at school than when they're at home. And so those conversations might be more complicated than just believing, but actually understanding that when they're at home in their own space and with fewer other children around, their actions might be quite different than they are in the classroom. Yeah. You know, we're very fortunate at our school to have families who are really engaged in the education of their children. And I look at that as a strength. Uh, A lot of the families will tell us that as much as they chose JDS for the excellent education that their children are going to get, they also chose the school for the community that they want to be part of, that this is a total experience. And so when I think about that, I think about families who come to JDS and really flourish are those who are not just dropping their children off, not just wanting an excellent education, but really want to be full members of the community. And I think that enriches the family experience in significant ways. And so, Matthew, as you were sharing that some of the students look at the friends that they make, and those are lifelong friends, a lot of the families say the same things, right? They say, the people that I met, I share many of the same values with them. We've raised our children together, and we've we've gone through the ups and downs of raising children together, and that has brought us closer together. And those are the people who we remain close with well after we've left the school, too. So I think when parents come to the school, I would hope that they're looking at the total experience, both the excellent education and our philosophy and the goals that we have for their children, but also the community experience that, that we have. I want to shift a little bit. So we often hear parents ask us about, what should I be doing to prepare my child to be successful in kindergarten or successful in Gurim? I want to make sure that they're at the right level and that they're prepared academically. And I think we look very holistically in terms of what does it mean to be prepared. But what I want to ask everyone is, what might parents do to prepare their children for entering school, entering JDS, and and what are things maybe that are out there that they shouldn't necessarily be worried about? I don't mind starting. So I'll I'll say that coming to um, a school environment, a formal school environment, um, it really can be a big transition for students coming from institutions or schools that are strictly preschools. And while it is a significant, a significant transition, um, the kids do beautifully over the course of their transition time. They get used to routines and schedules. They get used to being more independent, as Kim was talking about earlier. But what parents can do, what families can do to help to prepare kids is to set routines and set schedules even a little bit at home and getting kids used to following a set a set schedule or a set way a set path of the way the way things kind of work and work in a school so getting used to doing things like getting ready in the morning on their own maybe setting out their clothes earlier at night having a a bedtime um, that's set I'm getting into a routine, and I know Kim will appreciate this, of being exposed to reading regularly, because that's something that we're really serious about here at the school, whether it's parents and children reading together or children reading independently. So those kinds of things, getting into routines and schedules at home to prepare for the more structured experience in a school, I think is, is really important. 
I'd like to add that teaching children to to struggle with frustration and to problem solve, to not melt down on the floor when their tower gets knocked over, rather to come up with a plan to build it bigger and better. Overcoming disappointment is a really big part of being able to participate in a classroom community. And just being able to move on is sometimes part of being in a classroom community. Academically, coming into pre-K and K, there's no expectation that children know how to read or write. Reading with your child is the biggest thing that you can do, but also if you're in the car playing word games, do these words rhyme? Do these words not rhyme? Can we find numbers and letters on the signs as we're driving by? Can you tell me what the first sound in the word cat is? Those kinds of just playing with language, oral language, is is a way to get your kid feeling confident about coming to school. In terms of preparing academically for math, similarly, there's no need to teach explicitly um, any math skills, but I would say any counting, uh, you can do, and activities that are fun. Game playing is really the number one thing. Any way that time you spend playing board games, not only practices taking turns, the practice of winning and sometimes losing, but any game that has a dice in it is an excellent way to start teaching kids the skills of counting and subitizing, putting numbers together and taking them apart. So that's a great academic lead-in for math. I also want to circle back to teaching kids to be independent and our summer reading for teachers this summer was the gift of failure and I don't remember what chapter it was in but there was a whole list it was like a a laundry list of tasks that kids as early as two or three years old can do on their own that would might surprise some people you know it's it's often easier as a parent to just jump in and do things yourself but allowing a child to try to make their own snack or put away their dirty laundry in the, in the bin and you know even their clean laundry in their drawers gives them a chance to participate in the community the household community and see what's hard for them and then work through it and find a solution so really recommend giving kids a chance to be independent people before they come into the school where they're definitely going to have to do that more yeah. And, you know, what is sort of the, the pattern here is how do families foster independence for their children? How do they honor the fact that they're young children and will learn, will stumble, will have failures? And how do parents work through that with, with their children? And then how do they create either language-rich or number-rich or like learning-rich types of environments at home that are really age-appropriate, that are fun for the kids to do. I think what I've heard here also is is that we don't need any drilling of the students before they come in. A lot of the things that used to be popular around kindergarten readiness are, are not things that we recommend. We're really fortunate. Students who come to the school are extremely bright, right? and they, they come to the school with many gifts and talents, and when they are turned over to their teachers when they're at school, that's when we get into the pre-academics and academics that are gonna serve them well, but the, the families can really support their kids best in these other areas, and then when they come to school, uh, partnering with us in, in the education of their children. So, you know, the time goes so quickly, and I'm, there's so much more that we'd love to share, but I just wanted to thank all of you for being with me today and for sharing your wisdom and experience on the podcast. So thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.
Thank you for listening. This has been a production of the Charles E. Smith Jewish Day School. Stay tuned for our next episode.